I'm Katie McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I think I've told the story now every year on the Ave Explores Advent podcast specials at some point. But my mom, who is a loyal listener of Ave Explores, hi mom, my mom collects nativity sets. She has since I was a kid. I don't quite recall the start of this tradition, but she has quite a few and she puts them out during the Advent season in the built-ins all throughout the living room on the dining room table. There's even one in the kitchen, of course, up on the mantel. The thing I love most about my parents' house are these gorgeous wooden built-ins surrounding the great room. And during the Advent and Christmas season, they are just filled with these images of the Holy Family in a stable, all these different iterations and versions. But this constant reminder of that moment, the moment when Jesus Christ is born. What's the song, O Holy Night? And how it says, in these moments, right, the soul felt its worth. Everything is different as a result of Jesus's birth. And so having nativity sets all throughout the house is this constant reminder, calling us back to this is the reason for the season. This is why we are doing this, putting up a tree and singing songs and wrapping presents and lighting candles on a wreath and doing all those things that we do. This is the reason, because this little tiny baby is born into the world, welcomed by his mother Mary and Joseph. And Joseph is often, if you look at nativity sets closely enough, Joseph is often portrayed in one very specific way. He's usually standing, holding a staff, almost as if he's a shepherd of some sort, protecting his wife and this newborn child, the son of God. And he's usually looking down, his eyes are cast downward, he's gazing upon this newborn infant. His hand is sometimes extended, showing us, look, the Christ, look, the child, look, my wife, right? That's typically how Joseph is portrayed, standing in this almost protective pose. Well, a few years ago, I was determined to add more nativity sets to my own home, grow my own small collection. And no, I didn't just go raid the closets at my mom's house. I went to the Catholic bookstore in town and I walked in on this particular day hellbent, determined, heaven sent, maybe is a better way to put it. I was determined to find a nativity set that I'd never seen before because I've seen quite a few of them. My mom has lots of them. And I, I'm walking through the store and, and our, our Catholic bookstore has had a bit of a, a, a struggle because it was destroyed during Hurricanes Laura and Delta and it had finally come back in a new location and they had quite a bit of inventory that they needed to move because they had more inventory coming in this smaller store than they'd been in before. And long story short, I walked in and I, I was immediately captivated. I saw this gorgeous nativity set, much larger than any I had, almost like a, a yard style nativity set, not something that you would put just up on a shelf. It's far too large for a shelf. This is something for in front of the fireplace or and a light bulb turned on in front of the tree. And I was drawn to it. It had the three wise men each with their own unique robe, so really quite beautiful in their portrayal. But then the Holy Family in the middle was so striking to me because 
I saw Joseph portrayed differently than I ever had before. See, Joseph is normally standing with his arms stretched out, pointing at the Christ child, a staff in his hand, this protective posture. But this particular nativity, and I, my, I mean, it took my breath away. I bought it. I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from it. I was so struck by it. This particular nativity said, Jesus is not held by Mary, but is in the arms of Joseph. Joseph is sitting and he's cradling the Christ child in his hand. And Mary is standing behind him with her hands resting on Joseph's shoulder. This beautiful moment of Joseph gazing upon, adoring the Christ child. And, and it's not that Joseph isn't usually looking, it's Jesus. It's just normally in these nativity sets, Joseph is portrayed as he's watching out around the stable, protecting Mary and Jesus. But in this portrayal, Joseph is getting a moment of adoration. Joseph is getting a moment of peace and comfort and joy. Joseph is feeling his soul's new worth as he holds the Christ child. We set this nativity set up every year on our fireplace. And the Holy Family is right in the center, and the three wise men, we put them kind of underneath the tree as if they're guarding the gifts that will go under the tree. And every year I watch my girls, six and three now, just stare up at this statue. It's so special. We only pull it out during Advent and Christmas. It's not like I keep it up year-round. I want it to be this captivating moment. And every year they both comment on Joseph holding baby Jesus, because it's not something you see all that often. Father Agostino Torres this week in Prepare Your Heart leads us to a deeper understanding of who St. Joseph is, not by just giving us, you know, a, a rundown of his virtues, not just explaining to us, well, he did this and he did that and he didn't say this because, you know, silence, but really leading us to an understanding of how Joseph is the builder of the Holy Family's home, the provider, the protector, the defender, but the builder. And that Joseph had such an impact in the Holy Family, not just because maybe he's the one we can relate to the most, not just because, you know, he had to say yes too, but because there's this ability within Joseph to do what needs to be done, to create what needs to be created, to provide what needs to be provided. And sometimes we can get into this mode of thinking that, well, Joseph was this doer, Joseph was this creator, Joseph was this builder. But he could only build, he could only create, he could only do because he pondered. Mary ponders these things in her heart, but I think Joseph pondered as well. And in this third week of Advent, the week where we light the pink candle, the week where we are intentionally focused on joy, the week where we can feel Christmas, it's so close. You've got your Christmas programs at school and your parties at work, and you're probably itching to add more decor to your house because Target has put all of it on sale this is the perfect time for us to really reflect upon the figure of Joseph and the pondering in his heart that certainly occurred and the ways that we can build a dwelling place for the Lord to rest in our heart. This is all part of our Advent series for Ave Explorers, digging into Father Agustino Torres's Prepare your heart. If you haven't grabbed the book, well, good news, there's no dates on the pages. So you can still go grab it and set it aside for the rest of this Advent as well as next year. 
It's a fantastic read. It's a wonderful resource. And we're so happy that these podcasts have been able to dive into these topics. I couldn't think of anyone better to chat with about building a home where Jesus can dwell, building a place of hospitality and welcome, of understanding who St. Joseph is and what he what he's done. I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to than my dear friends, Jackie and Bobby Angel. They're speakers, they're authors, they're moms, they're dads, they're dear friends of mine. I've spent quite a bit of time in their home. And so I'd love it if you'd sit back and enjoy this conversation with my dear friends, Jackie and Bobby Angel, as we dig into the way of St. Joseph in this third week of Advent. Jackie, Bobby, and uh, baby Benny, welcome back to Ave Explorers. Hey, how are you? Great to be with you, Katie. It's great to see you guys. I think the last time we had you on was a Lent episode, and y'all were recording in your garage. And I don't know if it was the garage in California or the garage in Dallas, but it's been a while. Uh, there's an upgrade. Now you're in a, an office, it looks like. Introduce yourselves to our, our listenership. Tell us who you are, where you are, what you do. Um, I'm Jackie Angel. Um, I am a speaker, a worship leader, an author, only with my husband, though, so far. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we are in Dallas and we have five, I almost said four kids, but we have five now. (laughs) It's hard to, it's hard to keep track. Yeah. We're holding one as we speak. So, and, uh, I'm Bobby Angel. I'm a author, speaker, and a former campus minister and theology teacher. I think it was Esther in your lap the last time we recorded one of these. Now that I'm, I'm thinking back to timelines. Uh, so time flies. Yeah, that would make sense. It yeah. does. It really does. It does. Well, tell us, um, we are well into the season of Advent by the time this is going to air. Uh, tell us a little bit about maybe what Advent looks like in the angel household. We just wrapped up a series on liturgical living, and it's always kind of nice to get a glimpse into what people do. Instagram is always full of people's photos right now of the tree going up and then the arguments about whether the tree should go up yet. But week three, I feel like by week three, the trees are up because we're in the joy week. What does it usually look like in y'all's beautiful home uh, up in Dallas? Uh, we So we set up our advent wreath at our dinner table or our dinner island and our kitchen island. And every time we have dinner, we have we light a candle and then Bobby has these little prayers from, it's from your childhood, right? Yeah, back when I was in Catholic grade school. And it's like the thing you color, and then the oldest reads week one, the second kid reads week two, and then they fight onward and onward. So <laughs> over who blows the, the Christmas spirit, <laughs> right, right. Um, and then one of the things I have really enjoyed doing is, you know, how there's like Elf on the Shelf. Well, there's this thing called Donkey in the Living Room, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's like a novena, like nine days before Christmas. There's this little stable, and there are these little characters. And for each character, there's a poem kind of, and it, and every day the kids get to unwrap a character mm. and it leads up to Christmas. And, it, uh, you know, I set out the characters and they each get to, you know, I make sure it's like youngest to oldest so that they can't fight about it. <laughs> and then they read the little poem and it's very cute. It's a very cute way to lead to Christmas. So that's become one of my favorite little Advent traditions with the kids. Yeah. We we're doing Mary on the Mantle this year for the first time. Uh, because Hallow has like little audio reflections to play every morning. I'm super excited about it. Rose found the Hanukkah version of Elf on the Shelf recently. Have you heard of this? It's called Mensch on the Bench, and I was very tempted to buy it because it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Uh, And I was like, you know, we have Jewish roots. I read Brant Petrie. I feel like we could do Mensch on the Bench and Mary on the Mantle, and and everybody could win. But I like this donkey in the living room. 
Uh, because it's all about that preparing in an intentional way, especially with kids, like in the home. That's really part of the the big theme of this week three in Father Agostino's book, right? Like the first thing he tells us about St. Joseph is that St. Joseph was the one who built the home for Jesus. And, and if, you know, he's a carpenter. Yeah, you kind of like make that assumption. Talk to me a little bit about the figure of St. Joseph in your family, in your life. You know, Bobby, I know you discern the priesthood. Jackie, I know you discern religious life. St. Joseph, I'm sure, is a, a big figure for the two of you. So tell me a little bit about St. Joseph for the angel family. Yeah, St. Joseph is the uh, that watchful guardian, the this, this silent protector, like always in the background. Doesn't say a word in scripture, but he plays such a, a pivotal <laughs> role. I did a consecration to Joseph earlier this year. And um, yeah, just that quiet fatherhood that mm. is dealing with like the unknowns of family life and a culture that's antagonistic to the faith and just showing up day after day, you know, in father Augustino's book, he talks about like, you know, I think in Greek, the word was tecton for carpenter, which is not just wood. It's Mason work. It's everything that, that would go into construction where there is a real um, apprenticeship. Like we have to take time to learn mm -hmm. this craft and so even for us as parents or people on the way, we're all kind of like, that's discipleship is being an apprentice like Joseph was. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of reflections that Father Augustino had. First of all, I, I was reading Father Augustino's voice, you know, because we, yeah. we love him and we know him well. And um, yeah, there were just some things that he said that I was like, I've never thought of that before. Mm -hmm. Like one of the, the reflections is he said that, you know, Joseph would have been one of the people to have Jesus carry maybe a big block of wood over his arms, you know, just like, Hey, I need you to carry this almost like a pre preparation for the cross. Mm -hmm. And I just like, wow, I've never thought of that, that Joseph be like, Hey, you need to carry this big, heavy piece of wood. And this is how you carry it over your shoulders. And another one that was just um, so beautiful was just him kind of maybe speaking as Joseph, like how he would maybe like be a little playful with Mary, like, oh, the queen, you know, I'm sorry. Like I didn't, you know, get you this beautiful house to deliver the baby, but the queen enters into the stable, you know, just like mm -hmm. how he might be playfully loving with Mary. And I was like, oh, I've never even thought of Joseph. And again, he's quiet. And for me as the extrovert, I speak a lot of words. Bobby, my introverted husband is the, the more thoughtful, uh, melancholic, what you know just very thoughtful person and i'm like like let's say a lot of words so for me joseph has always been kind of hard except for the fact that mm -hmm. he just trusted god and god spoke to him in dreams which doesn't happen to me but happens to friends of mine so <laughs> yeah it made me think of a beautiful life mm. which was one of john paul ii's favorite films mm -hmm. um, you mean life is beautiful sorry life a beautiful life is beautiful sorry life is beautiful and Jackie can tell more of the plot like, of it. Buongiorno, principessa. But a, a guy yeah. uh, who makes the most of some really difficult situations. Like I, in that section in Father Augustino's book, I thought of that. Life is beautiful. Of like men in particular, how we sometimes have the the dad jokes or the sense of humor, like coping through humor. Mm -hmm. which obviously which is, Bobby. Yeah. Which, which is <laughs> my dad, which is me, like which can be taken to excess for sure. Um, can be a defense mechanism of sorts, but it can also just be a way of like, life is hard, but we're going to try to find the joy and the levity here in the hardship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, life is beautiful. 
to actually to think of St. Joseph like that a little bit, just the joy that movie, if you guys haven't seen that movie, that's just a beautiful movie of, yeah, just really difficult time at the concentration camps. And um, obviously during world war two and, and just him with his child and his wife, just how, how to have joy in the midst of that horrible, horrific situation. But yeah. Yeah. Joseph for me, it's like, he should be the really the only one I can relate to in the sense that he was the only one of that family that was a sinner. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, I just can't imagine, you know, being like, well, something happened that's wrong. And clearly I was the one at fault because Jesus and Mary, it wasn't you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I can relate in that way, but yeah, just, just, I think we always think of Joseph as an old man, just from tradition of thinking, well, if he had to live, live out this chastity and this Josephite marriage, he had to have been old, but to think of him as this young, virile man, that really that chastity was such a gift, such a gift of himself and um, how he really loved Mary. It's just, it's just so beautiful kind of pondering maybe what the things that we didn't always think of when it comes to Joseph. Um, so I, it just, even in my own life reading father, Axie, I was like, ah, oh, these are some beautiful things to think of that I've never really thought of before. Yeah. Cause I would say Mary's for me, Je- Jesus and Mary are much bigger parts of my own, um, mm-hmm. my own prayer life. And Joseph, I'm like, Hey dude, what's up? You know, like, I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all watch the, have y'all seen the star, you know, the animated movie, the animated Christmas movie, um, and yes, so yeah. the guy that voices Joseph in the star is the guy who voices Flynn Rider in Tangled. Um, and it's, he's, he's from Lake Charles. His name is Zachary Levi. The only reason I know, he also plays uh, Shazam, right? Like the only reason I know this is because right. he's from Lake Charles. Who, who he's is like, Jewish. Yes. Yeah. He's our hometown hero. He is Jewish. He is yeah. Jewish. And <laughs> he has mensch on the bench, I'm sure. And uh, Rose actually made the connection. We were watching it the other day. Uh, a little early, but she loves the music in it. And she like she was like, I recognize that voice. And she did the classic, like, Mommy, look up who... Th-. And I didn't have to look it up. I knew. I've IMDb'd it before. But it was funny because she was making this connection of, like, the same actor plays the like the heartthrob in Tangled and kind of the heartthrob in The Star. And, like, The Star actually does this really great job of portraying Joseph as this ordinary guy who does this pretty extraordinary thing, which is, like, stay and stick around and... And is he's chosen too in a lot of ways. And I think it's because he had that carpentry masonry, like he was a builder. And what did he help do? He built this home. I've spent a lot of time in y'all's house, um, more time in y'all's house than y'all have spent in mine. So I need to repay the favor one of these days. In fact, I met Father Agostino in your home, uh, having cheese dip at LA Congress. I was like tracking the, the timeline right. of when I first got, became friends with him. Y'all have done a really wonderful job of creating a home of hospitality, of just kind of like an open door policy with your friends and with family. How has that affected your spirituality? Like as a couple, as individuals, as parents? Because I think that's a component of of Advent, right? Like we're going to parties in people's houses or we're dropping off cookies in the neighborhood or like, you know, we're even just decorating the house. How has a charism of hospitality, which I think is something St. Joseph can teach us, how has that really been a guide for you guys? It's interesting. I never even thought about this until much later, but that my own mom, we had like multiple people live with us in our home. Really? Up. Like we had an extra room in the house. And so we probably had like four or five different people who needed a place to stay. And so not even thinking about that, when Bobby and I lived in California, we had four different young adults mm-hmm. 
live in our extra room and they were all people in ministry and it's very hard to afford living in California, you know, when you're single and it's like, you know, especially when you're starting to do full-time ministry or you're like a youth minister, campus minister. And I, I didn't even think about that. It was just like, I know how hard it is to be someone who is doing ministry. I mean, I lived with my parents. So um, I know anyways that we extend the hospitality, but then I also realized we just have a heart for like single young adults because we know that, and we have a heart for priests and religious because we love inviting priests to our home, sisters to our home, consecrated to our home. We also have a heart for, um, I didn't even, again, realize this, like, wow, we have a lot of friends who, who it was same sex attraction. And we have a heart for that too. Like our friends who we love and they are dedicated to a life of chastity, but we know it's like single people, it can be a lonely road and single people just as families, um, for me, welcomed me into their home. And I loved seeing family life. I loved that it, um, at the time when I was single, I said, I was trying not to live the, um, the grass is green on the other side. I tried to be like, okay, I'm happy being single right now because I see the sacrifices of family life. And when I'm there, I'm going to enjoy the the times of in family life, you know, if God calls me to that. So, and Father Agostino, he actually came to our house. And when he left, he said, thank you for being a place that priests can come to and just be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, it's like, just a normal thing because Bobby was in seminary. He knows a lot of his friends are now priests. Um, for me, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that like, you could be a Cardinal. I'm like, Hey brother, how are, I mean, obviously I, I'm very res- respectful, <laughs> and then but these, all, these men are on my the shoulder and you have a bruise for a month. Yeah. <laughs> it literally was Dolan that I, I was like, ah, you know, like I just, I'm we can say this. He's my because... boss. So we can say this, we can say this people don't, we're not speaking ill. He signs my checks. Okay. Back to, <laughs> back to what you're saying. Yeah, no, he he laughed at the fact that I was like just treated him like a human being. Real. Because yeah. uh, real, because Bobby and I know lots of pre- like people treat them like angels and they treat them like you know like on this pedestal and we're like they're humans. These are these are these were someone's sons at one point. So and they love when people just treat them like that, like just normal. Mm-hmm. So we love inviting people into our home and yeah, we funny enough have noticed a um a trend of like our like the heart that we have for single people mm-hmm. who love to see a family, see community, and our friends who are in religious life, and it um reaffirms their call to celibacy. When, yeah, when they see our kids <laughs> yes. screaming, and we're like, we hope this reaffirms your call yes. that you get to go home and have some silence tonight. You know. Well, I love that phrase you're using, have a heart, have a heart. Yeah. And I'll say I've had a bit more of a learning curve in that, <laughs> like, why can't we just let people see the mess we live in? Like, mm. why do we have to clean everything top and bottom when people come over? And um, I think a lot of families have this this experience where, you know, it could be for show. But some of it I've I've come to realize it's a way to honor the other person, like to bring someone into my home. Uh, yeah, it may mean some inconvenience to me to tidy up the house, mm-hmm. to clean the table off, to get the toys hidden. But there's something about like to provide an environment where a person is walking in and it's not adding or providing stress. Mm-hmm. Like it is a place where they can be at ease and have some peace. And to be thankful for that, for like Jackie calling me to get out of my 
uh, more self-centered comfort zone or my excuses or like Joseph was a man who embraced the inconvenience, mm-hmm. um, the stuff that was thrown his way, the hardships, the curveballs. He was a, a just man, which means he had the Lord and the really his relationship with the Lord as primary. Mm-hmm. Um, he put that first thing first and was willing to be inconvenienced in some really, really big ways. And so for me to get over my minor inconveniences that I may have when it comes to providing a space that's hospitable as a way to honor the person walking in the door, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And also like warm. It's not like, cause we know mm-hmm. we've had friends whose parents won't let us sit on that couch. Like, and nobody has ever sat on that couch because it is the couch <laughs> that no one sits on, you it's know, the showpiece. Yeah. Yeah. I literally bought a white couch and I bought a couch that I could wash the covers. Cause I know we will spill coffee. Kids will have, you know, like peanut butter on their fingers. And so I'm like, if I'm going to get a white couch, it has to be one that I can wash at least. So like you can, so we want our house to be beautiful, but also comfortable and a place that feels warm, not cold, not sterile. Um, And so, yeah, we just love, I I mean, I, I love living in Dallas that people get stuck at DFW. I mean, that's really bad to say that I love when my friends get stuck, but Katie has had that happen a couple of times. And you sister Miriam, it's happened to sister Miriam. Yeah. And I love, like, I love that. I love that we can be like, Hey, we'll come pick you up in 20 minutes. It's funny. I've never thought of myself as a hospitable person, but I just love, I love seeing people and getting to like, maybe it's the rescuing. I love the rescue of like, I'm going to rescue my friends from this terrible place terrible airport, airport this purgatory tommy calls you guys the halfway house for itinerant speakers because sometimes we're like yeah. halfway to home and it's midnight and you come pick me up yeah you said you know honor the person but then i think you know you the person who is welcoming someone we just hosted um our dominican friend father patrick mary briscoe for thanksgiving and now Rose is convinced a priest will come to every Thanksgiving from here on out. So we need to like start getting some <laughs> orders down for who's coming next. Well, maybe we'll do a Franciscan next year. But yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a moment on Thanksgiving night when he was sitting in my chair. Um, and, you know, everybody has like their spot. I've got that Sheldon tendency. Like it's my chair. And it's not just because I like where the chair is situated. It's literally the it's the chair from the nursery. It's where I've nursed our babies. It's where I've rocked them to sleep. It's the most comfortable chair in the house that's now in the living room because the nursery is not being used and that chair shouldn't go to waste. And so he's sitting in the chair and there's a fire and the girls are playing with Legos on the floor and we were waiting for the Dolly Parton halftime show on the Cowboys game. And he looked over at me and he said, this is such a vibe. And it was such a compliment because I was like, this is a vibe. Like we are just vibing in this house right now. Like we're just being our, nobody was putting on airs. My dad was snoring on the couch. My mom was like wiping runny noses of children. And I think that I was honored by his presence in my home and he was honored by the fact that we had welcomed him. And I, I think with St. Joseph, like he probably had to have been terrified, but recognized like I can honor this woman I love and I can honor our God by embracing this moment. And then Jesus benefited from that. I mean, I know it's weird to say that, like he's God. How can we benefit God? But but Joseph giving of himself in that way is really profound. Advent especially is a good time for us to think about that because do y'all ever feel like the season of Advent just becomes a, a Catholic rat race of do this or buy that or have these things and like we can go almost too hard by the time we get to week three, we're just done. We're just like, thank God week four is only a day uh, and we can just get to Christmas already. How do you guys maintain a sense of peace 
in the midst of this great joy that we experience in Advent, but but oftentimes that becomes a little chaotic. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's so difficult because this is when everyone crams in the Christmas parties, the Christmas, I mean, piano recitals, show. It's like every night. have some, And then the parish missions. It's like, if for us, you know, as itinerant speakers, we have that. So Advent always flies. But yeah, there are times with the kids that's like, I want it to not fly. Like, I want to really kind of have it feel slow. I was going to say one of the other things that we did that was a kind of really nice daily thing was um, the Merry Beggars. They had this, they had the Christmas Carol every day, like on a podcast every day. And we listened to like a little bit of a Christmas Carol, which is one of my favorite I think because I love transformation. So whether it's a conversion story and Scrooge is one of my favorite. Like I just, I love that story. (laughs) Bobby's favorite Christmas Carol version is the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's the definitive version of the story. (laughs) Let's be honest. I I will say I at first was like, no, come on. But I love the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's so good. It's Um, it's Michael Caine's greatest performance. Michael (laughs) Caine playing so straight. It's so perfect. Yeah. They should never remake it. And if they do, I'll boycott everything about it. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. So just like sitting by the fire, listening to, you know, a little bit of a Christmas carol, or we've recently tried to start doing a family devotion after, um, mm. after dinner, where we just do a decade of the rosary because our kids are little. And I mean, they're already... The little ones are already still running around hitting each other with the rosary. So <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know if we could do a whole thing, but a decade of the rosary. Um, and we memorize scripture, but that little by the fire, and I love that it's getting colder in Dallas. Like it's it's not 105 anymore. It's now like dropping. So it, it just makes things go a little slower, which for me is so necessary. Cause I'm like, man, every when things are flying by, or I feel like the day, the days are like running me, I don't like that feeling. Mm. You know, I, I like to feel like the days are slow and Advent, Advent's like such a perfect time for that because it is such a, everything is such a rat race. There's so many things going on every night and uh, it's nice when it feels like the day is not running me. Like we're kind of just taking those quiet moments to receive, you know? Well, and on, on that note too, I think the silence of Joseph can interest us there mm. to look at um, a way to slow down. To say, like, when in my day could I build in 5, 10, 15 minutes of silence? That could be on a walk without my phone. <laughs> that could be, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite things we kind of did by accident in California sometimes was because the sun sets at, you know, 4.05 p.m. nowadays, we would, like, not turn on any lights. We would just have things by candlelight. And it just was also this kind of cool, like, we wouldn't do it all the time, but it just mm-hmm. was this, like, the earth, as the earth, the days are getting shorter. It's this um, very kind of Carol Houselander, like the read of God, like, embrace that, embrace, <laughs> embrace that Ave rest. Maria Press, might I add. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, embrace the, the slowing down and the rest that nature's trying to convey to you. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. okay to shut the tech down. It's okay just to... Yeah hang out by candlelight and um and be quiet like that it can be such a great detox to you know we're all glued to our phones mm-hmm. but to um yeah build in some silence i say you know to treat it as well kind of like lent like how lent we yeah. give up something 
the years in Advent that I have been like, all right, I'm going to be off social media or a certain type of social media for Advent. That has actually been, it's been really nice. And I'm like, I need to do that again this year. Cause I, I think we're so focused on Christmas. We forget like, Hey, it'd be really cool to make this like a little Lent and how we mm-hmm. prepare ourselves for this major feast day. So, um, yeah. I, that's always helped me. It is technically a season of penance. Like, I don't know that we're supposed to go as hard as prayer, fasting and, and, abstinence and and the whole but we are called to give alms we are called to make some sort of of intentional sacrifice the 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 big one that we're doing this year and i'm super grateful be a heart uh who just published her book living the seasons with ave um she has an advent playlist called advent waiting and you know everybody jumps immediately to christmas music because like there's not Advent music. And now here's the entire playlist of just Advent music. Some stuff Jen Stevens is in there. My kids are totally loving it. We've been playing it since the Friday after Thanksgiving because it's been a really nice, like, let's just slow down and not go straight to Mariah Carey. Now, here we are in week three. I'm sure it'll start soon. But this opportunity to just be a little more intentional. We wrap up all of our um, episodes this season by asking the same question. We kind of started with it, but I'd love to hear, like, is there one favorite advent tradition that you guys have that just is non-negotiable if you're going to make time for it this is the one you're going to do to ensure that this season is fruitful for you i mean there i didn't have any growing up so i'm trying to create it for the kids and i think the donkey in the living room is probably one of those that i'm like this is going to be we've done that for about four years maybe three or four years now because we've done it we did it back at our other house which was four years ago um for me personally it's it is probably the read of god Every Advent, I'm like, what Advent books can I pull out? And that is one that is so beautiful. I I reread it every Advent um, because Carol Hauslander, like this mystic, this just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. I, I for me, the read of God is like a my own tradition. But for the kids, we're like trying to figure out our own traditions. And I'm sure over the years we'll kind of you know say like, ah, eh, that one was that one was good. That one didn't <laughs> wasn't so good. So I think for now, it's like the lighting of the, the Advent wreath and, and the donkey in the living room are our favorites. For me, most memorable um, Advent into Christmas experiences was I was in high school, I think 17 or 18, and we were doing a clothing drive for our youth group. And um, so just kind of going through my closet and and instead of just thinking about what am I going to get, like, what can I give? Mm. And then Christmas day night like christmas eve is packed christmas morning is packed and christmas day night usually nothing's going on right that's when our youth minister had us go down to the downtown park and give out all these clothing we had gathered we made hot dogs and other unhealthy food for for the people in need but it just was this like one of my favorite christmas memories growing up was like this is Mm. what it's about here yeah oh i love that I mean, that that's something that families can do right now in week three. Let's go through. You're about to get a bunch of new stuff, right? Like, let's go through and not just give our our, our leftovers, but like we have excess. We, we live in excess in America. So what do we have that can be useful for others? Jackie, Bobby, thank you all so much for taking the time. Where can folks follow you guys? I know you all have a podcast. Tell us where we can listen to it. Yeah, uh, it's called Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. And you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, and our website is JackieandBobby.com. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Bobby uh, has a new book out with Ave. Tell us the title real quick. Gaming and the Heroic Life. 
with uh, Ave Maria Press available there or on Amazon. Katie, thank you for your hand in getting that book to see the light of day, by the way. <laughs> At your kitchen table. We created the opportunity, and I'm so excited that it's out in the world. I know it'll be in a lot of people's stockings. So thank you guys so much for taking the time. I think the quiet strength of Joseph is something that we've all heard about, know about, speak about, perhaps. Sock Religious famously has a pair of socks on the bottom, our two quotes open in the middle with nothing there because Joseph famously didn't say anything throughout the scriptures, but he certainly must have said things throughout his life. He wasn't mute. He would have spoken to Mary. He would have spoken to Jesus. Bobby brought up this beautiful image that Father Agostino gives us on the Saturday of this third week of Advent where, you know, from time to time, Joseph would have taught Jesus how to carry heavy wood. He was a a carpenter. He was a builder. He would have had lots of supplies in his workshop. And Jesus would have benefited from that guidance and from that learning and from that time with Joseph. Jesus would have watched Joseph's diligence and particularity and focus. Jesus would have watched Joseph and understood, oh, this man is virtuous. And this man is is creating a home for me to grow in a place of virtue. I think it's really easy during the Advent season to become so consumed with all that needs to be done. I I know right now I am super stressed about our Advent Christmas program that the kids have coming up at school and the teacher gifts that still need to be wrapped and and all all the manner of things that need to be handled in order to make sure that Christmas is as magical as one wants it to be. On top of that, still trying to find time to pray and and to make sure that I am spiritually ready. I still got to get to confession at some point this Advent season. Week three comes at us quick. And there's this beauty of the pink candle glowing in week three, this reminder of the abundant joy and excitement that we are hopefully called to have as we inch closer and closer to Christmas itself. And my encouragement this week, Father Agostino's encouragement in his book, is to really make sure that we are not rushing to the end, but that we are living that slow pace, living that hospitable welcome of the Lord that we're very intentional, just as Joseph was intentional, that we're still quiet and still, just like Joseph was quiet and still, that this can still be a time of of quiet anticipation, that we are filled with joy, certainly, but that there is quiet anticipation in the way that we approach our Lord. We're so grateful that you're journeying with us through this Advent season. Make sure that you follow the show, you give it a rating, review, maybe share it with your friends. And we'll see you soon here on Ave Explorers to wrap up our Advent series. Next week, we will have a wonderful conversation with a sister of life, Sister Zaylee Marie Lewis, who will share with us the beauty and the joy of Advent in the charism of the Sisters of Life, and most especially in the ways that we can be intentional in our prayer through the Advent season, the final days of it. Thanks for being with us. We will see you soon.